Hey, buddy, it's another day for a priest and a rabbi. Hi, rabbi. What a great day. What a great day. Just to, to look into the screen and to see your bright, shining face with your lumberjack outfit on. And um, you're in your final day of Hanukkah. And wait, so does that mean that like after today, like it's just all over? There's like no holiday after this for a while. Like you just sit here, have to sit on the sidelines and watch the crazy Christians go nuts over Christmas. Um, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, the next holiday we have is Tu B'Shvat, um, which is a celebration of the trees and our environment. Okay, so 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 we're going to talk about this today on the show. This this idea of Christmas and Hanukkah. Uh, and we're going to have a caller call in today who actually his family celebrates both because they're interfaith marriage. Uh, but this idea of you probably deal with this with your own kids that you help form in the temple, not your personal kids, that this idea of, wow, so after Hanukkah is done, then the influence of Christian Christianity or Christmas really comes down heavy upon some of these Jewish kids who might be like saying to mom and dad, hey. Can we do also do Christmas too? Because now Hanukkah is over. So can we go do that Christmas tree thing? I get more presents. So we're going to talk about this. What, what is it like? What is it like actually being a Jew in a Christian country, trying to just be committed to your Jewish holiday of Hanukkah? What is it like for Christians knowing that how Judaism is our, is our bedrock, our, we're Judeo-Christians? Um, where is there tension between the two? Where are there similarities between the two? Uh, let, let's get into what are some misnomers between Hanukkah and and Christmas. Let's get into that. All right. So uh, that's today's podcast. We want you to subscribe. We want to keep you on board as a part of this family. So please, whatever podcast you're on, whether it's Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, hit the subscribe button and leave a comment, please. Let us know what topics do you want to be covered in 2021. 2021 is the reboot, the refresh, the 2.0. The vaccine is here. Evan Nine is going to be called up to New York to be the voice of the Mets. It, things are just moving and grooving. So let us know. And uh, Rabbi, are you are you ready? You're just digging into your phone right now. You're not even paying attention to me. You're just like, there he goes again. The priest is talking nonstop. Do you even like me anymore? Do I need a new rabbi in 2021? Let's make a vow that in 2021 we can make out, get together. Oh, you're moving your hands around me like you were like trying to like grip me or something. Yes. All right, y'all. God bless you all. Enjoy this next episode of A Priest and a Rabbi talking about the tension or are we friends? Are we enemies? Or are we just frenemies as Hanukkah and Chris, Chris, Christmas celebrators? All right, y'all. Enjoy. from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Beit Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, grab your Bible or Torah, 
and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. My name is Father Christian Anderson from St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Styria, Florida. And next to me is the best lumberjack rabbi you've seen this side of the Jordan River. He wears flannel to the temple. He comes in with an axe in one hand and a, uh, a bottle of wine in the other. He is the rabbi that we love and adore. It is Rabbi Matthew Durbert from Temple Beth Chaim. Uh, good morning, my brother. How are you? And your pajamas look really sharp this morning. So, so I appreciate it. And you know, as I as I left this morning, and I thought to myself, you know, I know I'm going to get I'm going to get a, 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 a little backwards and forwards banter with my lovable and uh, cordial priest this morning. Uh, I am wearing flannel pajamas. Uh, but if those that can see, it is, um, it, it's Hanukkah pajamas. And uh, we are in the last day uh, of Hanukkah. Didn't say last night, because of course, as Jews, uh, our holidays and our festivals and our days are based on a lunar calendar. So we're based on the cycles of the moon, which means that our holidays, festivals, our days begin in the evening, go all throughout the day and end at sunset. So of course, we Finished Hanukkah last night on the last night, eighth night last night. But today, leading up to Shabbat tonight, will still be the last day of Hanukkah. And our early childhood learning center today uh, has has slated today for our kids in our school as pajama day. So I thought, what greater pajamas to wear than my Hanukkah pajamas that I'm wearing today? Look very dapper, very dapper, and 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 this is a good for today. Our today's show, it, we're going to be getting into. It, it is really. It is a grudge match. It is going to be Hanukkah versus Christmas, going head to head, toe to toe, rabbi versus priest in a very loving way. But we're also going to be talking about some of the misnomers. There's some big misnomers about Christmas, the big misnomers about Hanukkah uh, that some of them can just get totally taken over by culture. Some of it's just not true. Some of them are lifted up by the church. I don't know. We're going to find out from the rabbi if some of these misnomers are ever lifted up by the uh, Jewish culture uh, itself or religion. Uh, so we're, and, and we're going to talk about the tension. What is it like uh, really? And the tension really is to really check in with the rabbi because I would assume most of your life you've been around a situation where it's predominantly uh, Christian. And what is it like to just be a, uh, a practicing Jew? And then you spent time in the Holy Land. What was it like also to be uh, during this time in the Holy Land where you were on a predominantly Jewish population? So um, anywho, it's going to be you and me going toe to toe. We'll get some callers to call in today, talk about what is it like for you? Um, have you, if you're Jewish, love to know your understanding or what is it like to be celebrating Hanukkah in a very Christian dominant culture? Where everywhere you look, it reminds you of Christmas, but there really isn't a lot of symbolism to recognize um, the whole reason why Christmas is here because of Judaism. Um, so, in any event, that's all coming towards us. Um, but uh, uh, so, 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 Rabbi, um, this we, you and I haven't done a show, just the two of us. In quite some time, man, we, we've been we've been covering the map of, of all these guests because the country's been going absolutely ape wild over the last 10 months. So we're always bringing in people to speak to these certain topics. Um, and uh, are you excited to just be the just the two of us? 
Well, you know, it's interesting because even if you were to say that each series or, uh, right, each each um, uh, series of episodes would be maybe 10 episodes per series, we'd be on our 11th season, give or take. Stop it. The last time, and I love what you said, the last time that you and I actually had a one-on-one was probably season one, season two, as we're now in season 11 um, with whatever it is, 106 some odd episodes. Um, Not it's bad, been dude. A while. It's been a while. These paychecks that are coming in from WSTU 1450 have been insane. They just keep on wanting us back. They give it us, they just keep on raising our salary and we just can't stop. Uh, the reality is though, we always take sponsors because that's not true. Uh, we're a self-supported radio show. So uh, give us a call if you want to support a priest and rabbi. All right, let's get into this, man. Okay, so you're, you so, so we're coming in strong right at the final finish line. Uh, just talk, let's talk about Hanukkah. So, so tell me brother, as you drive around Martin County, um, how often do you see a menorah or star David or anything around this time that's like, hey, happy Hanukkah? Hmm. You drive by my house, you'll see it. Uh, if you if you drive around, you know the area. I mean, it's you, we 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 don't really see it. Um, you know, let let me go with 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 a couple mis misconceptions and misnomers. One, it's called Hanukkah, not Hanukkah. Wait, wait, so one more time. Hanukkah. 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 But not Chanukkah. Not Chanukkah. Not Hanukkah. Now, why do I say that? Hanukkah in Hebrew would be spelled with a hey. Hanukkah in Hebrew is spelled with a chet. Hanukkah means to dedicate, right? What are we really doing on Hanukkah? We are rededicating ourselves to the pursuit of God, of our community, of our friends, our family, our identity, who we are as Jews. Um, but it's that rededication as we remind ourselves of what happened, you know, give or take 2,100 years ago. The second misnomer is that the foreign power who ransacked the temple, offered um, sacrifices on the temple altar, to defile um, uh, our community and certainly the Jewish people um, were known as the Syrian Greeks, not to be confused with the Assyrians. And it's very easy to make that mistake, right? The Assyrians, the Assyrians became the Babylonian empire right, under Nebuchadnezzar and certainly Sennacherib and others, um, usually around the time uh, when Jerusalem fell during the reign of King Hezekiah. So Assyrians, not, sorry, it's not the Assyrians, but rather the Syrian Greeks. But do you really think this is a misnomer? I think I mean, most, the average American has no idea that there, there was Assyrians or Syrians or Syrophoenicians or Syrian. No, I mean, I, and, I, and I don't think I don't think that that in, in in the grand scheme of things, whether we call them the Assyrians and people get it, you know, right? We're, we're talking about you know a couple hundred years, um, but it is it is important to recognize that it was the Syrian Greeks who came in as a foreign power under Hellenistic influences and um, um, took it upon themselves to, and largely this is the story of Hanukkah, is it wasn't about the eradication of the Jewish people, which obviously was part of its overarching understanding and, and ability to want to do, but rather it was the eradication of the Jewish 
faith. It was an eradication of, of, of thought, of, of theology, of, of understanding, all of that. Okay, so let's, let's even back up even more. How, when, on a scale of one to 10, as a rabbi, I'm asking you, as a rabbi, where would you put the importance of Hanukkah to all the major feast or holidays of, um, of Judaism? So, um, and, and, and Father Anderson, it's a great question, because I think that there's, there, there's a lot wrapped in it. One, uh, in Judaism, we have what we call uh, the Shalosh Regalim, the three pilgrim festivals. Those three festivals are major, major festivals. So in order, it would be Passover, 49 days later on the 50th day, Shavuot, when we were given God's law, the Ten Commandments and the Torah. And then, you know, seven months later, we get Sukkot just after the High Holy Days of um, uh, this. We, we sit in temporary booths and we remind ourselves that we did not have a home, right? Those are three major festivals. Everything else in Judaism is minor. So that they're like over playing, they're, they're, they're over with uh, Evan Niner, producer, over in the minor league Mets. Yeah. Just just way to get called up to be a major, a major festival. Well, there are there, there are certain things during major festivals that, that, that can and cannot take place, right? Uh, bereavement, for example, if there's funerals or what we call shiva. If it's during a major festival, it uh, the major festival uh, overrides everything else, right? As progressive Jews, reformed Jews, we would say, uh, you know, we can't perform certain rites and practices during the first two days of a major festival and the last day. What we call Holomoed, the intermediary days in between the holiday, that then it becomes permissible, right? Okay. Hanukkah, because it's a minor festival, all things can take place during minor festivals, right? If you were to open up a Bible, for example, and you were to try and flip through the pages and try and find the story of Hanukkah, which comes out of First and Second Maccabees, you would be you would be hard pressed to find it. It is not canonized. It's not in it. And and you know, so we ask why. Well, the, Wait, the hold on. so 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 if you look at First and Second Maccabees, which for all the Christians out there, that is like the last books that lead right into uh, the what Christians would call the New Testament. What Rabbi would say a mistake, but like what the uh, I'm just kidding, Rabbi. But the first and second Ma uh, Maccabees, there is really no verse you could point to and saying, "See, they're talking about Hanukkah." Well, no, absolutely. I mean, you will be able to see that during during first and second Maccabees because they're writing in that in that time frame of what's going on. The reason it's not included within our canon is because it came much later. Right when we look at the canonization of the Bible and the Jewish Bible, right? It was it was it was pretty much organized and set before the story of uh, the Syrian Greeks come in of, right. of Hanukkah. So obviously it's much later and okay. it wasn't included. First okay. and second Maccabees, I mean, it is, it is part of our tradition. It certainly curtails and tells us of, of the experience and the understanding of what happened during that time in our history. Okay, so for Mac Daddy 1 and Mac Daddy 2, um, the formal names of Maccabees 1 and 2, you don't read any of that during any of the times during, or you do during Hanukkah? We read it during Hanukkah, um, just to remind ourselves, much like all of our holidays, that we remind ourselves of our historical and background to it. But it, it's one of those things that Hanukkah has kind of morphed over time. Um, you know, there, there, there have been certain rituals and customs attributed to it. But yes, um, um, you know, we do read, traditionally, we do read the first and second book of Maccabees um, as, a, as a reminder. 
Okay, so here's my question. So as I learn more about Hanukkah, because you have become such a dear friend, uh, and this is why another reason why we all need to have friends from all over uh, the demographic map, so we learn more about life. Uh, you, you, when you express what the background is of Hanukkah, um, to me, it's not really this festival of lights thing that we get, but mostly about a people rising up and fighting against a cultural uh, domination or assimilation uh, and really staying true to who they are and fighting for their roots and fighting for their belief in God and, and for their faith. Uh, and, and to me, explain to me why that story, that grit, that courage, that uh, undeniable faith in God to fight against the powers around them. To me, as, as this is through my Christian lens, I don't see a lot of that. I see more of this festival of lights and this miracle of the unstoppable oil where I, uh, where, where did that, was that ever part of the courage, the fight, the grit? I'm assuming there was a battle that went down. Did that finally get glossed over by one point? We say, listen, man, we got this whole Christian festival lights thing, the lights and the Christmas tree, the silent night thing. And, and we just, let's not talk about warfare. Can we just talk about like some peace and love and faith in God? So, so I mean, that, that, that's a, it's a great observation because certainly as Jews, that certainly was the intent Right. You know, when 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 we hear about this, this miracle of this oil that, you know, Judah Maccabee and his band of brothers go into the temple to rededicate it. And, you know, they see this tiny little cruise of oil and they rededicate of lighting the Hanukkah menorah in this big golden menorah inside the temple. Right. A little bit of oil that was only meant to last one day, lasted miraculously eight. You know, it was a story the rabbis created 2000 years ago to detract from the real history and understanding of what happened during Hanukkah. Because. Right? And the rabbis had looked at it because they had thought, look, we overcame oppressive forces. We, we, we ultimately, um, it was in times of war. There was bloodshed. And the fear that the rabbis had was, were, would other faiths and other communities down the road, 10, 20, 100 years, 1,000 years, 2,000 years in the future, would they perceive and receive the Jewish people as a murderous nation? Because ultimately, the story of Hanukkah is about a military victory. Right. Right? But the fear is, as time morphs and time goes on, will we uh, ultimately see our society as broken telephone and messages get misconstrued? And then the way we are received, perceived around the world, maybe in a very difficult light. So the rabbis created the story of this miracle that happened in order to, you know, A, for our children to entice them, to uh, keep them excited and energized about the holiday. But I think it was also to detract against the real message that there are times where as Jews, I shouldn't say there are, have been times throughout our, our entire history as an oppressed people. And one who, um, you know, we stood up. We stood up against uh, uh, oppressive forces and said, no. You know, we are a faith that have been around for a long time. We are true to our values and our ethics and the ability to practice, to practice Judaism in a safe and, and, and see, open that, way. That is so much more enticing. I think as a kid, to me, that's so much more enticing um, than the other, what the, the, the reason for the season now is collectively and is it's generosity it's giving it's selflessness it's it's you know it's it's this 
at least that's the Christmas spirit that gets put out there. And meanwhile, please spend your whole paycheck on a bunch of consumeristic stuff that people don't care about in 30 days. Uh, but as a kid, I would just be so geeked and excited if, if I was going to uh, the, the, the Jewish version of Sunday school, where you go and you learn about man, this is when we rose up and people were trying to oppress us and take away religion. And there was only so many of us for so many of them. It's like the movie 300. And we just, we pushed them back and we fought because God is with us. And, and that would give me a lot of strength today because as we started off the show, you drive around Martin County and you'll be lucky to count, uh, you know, it's enough menorahs and to fill one hand, right? Mm -hmm. So you're constantly reminded that you are a, a minority uh, and that you live in a, in a Christian, many Jews in America, I would assume, feel that they live in a, just a, a Christian state. And they're just kind of trying to make it because <laughs> it is all Christmas all the time. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it was, was there ever was there ever a change in the uh, in, in the in the celebration of Hanukkah to match the spirit of Christmas and to say, OK, let's just try to be like, let's match the energy here so we can all I would say assimilate, but that we can kind of walk shoulder to shoulder with our sisters and brothers here? You know, I mean, look, I think the question is, you know, really from that perspective too, you know, as, as Jews, you know, Hanukkah obviously was around well before Christmas. Right. Is Christmas the Jewish Hanukkah? Because no. it's interesting when we look, you know, look, you know, we, we, we had talked before, you know, look, there's obviously um, glaring differences and 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 um, um, uh, differences in how we practice and how we uh, approach the holiday, but I think we both can agree because you said it just just moments ago that it's about giving, gift giving. Well, where does that custom and tradition come from, right? As Jews, we got eight nights of Hanukkah, right? Traditionally, as Jews, you know, we give our kids, you know, tiny little presents, you know, this, that, and the other. Where did that whole present, uh, you know, gift giving come from? Can I tell you? Sure. Okay. This is from a Christian context. And I don't know if, if and you're going to tell me if the Jewish context matched it once it just grew into this huge uh, consumeristic fiasco. But there was a bishop in Russia uh, named Nikolas. And anyone who's under the age of 12, I want you to turn off the radio or the podcast right now. Um, but St. Nicholas uh, was known for giving apples, giving books to kids, right? Um, and we actually have St. Nicholas on our baptismal font um, at the church, at St. Mary's Episcopal Church, because he's also one of the patron saints of seafaring. And we had a lot of people who were seafarers around here. Uh, but he would give these gifts, let St. Nicholas, which he was at the time was just Bishop Nicholas, but he becomes canonized to become St. Nicholas, St. Nick. Uh, and so that tradition of giving gifts of this generosity of this gift giving, uh, that, 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 that's where it came from. He grows into what eventually becomes known as Santa Claus. Um, but it's, 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 that's this, 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 this spirit of, of giving and Nicholas becomes St. Nick. And then the, once it becomes more of a cultural holiday or maybe a secular holiday, uh, we just go nuts. So that, that's one way. I'm sure there's multiple streams that led to this big gift giving thing. Um, it's Jesus' birthday. What do you do on birthdays? You give gifts. And, and so did, was there always a gift giving with Hanukkah or was that something to just to match what the culture was doing? Well, so I, no I, I, like think, I think, I think in some semblance it was to match in terms of what was happening around the winter celebrations with Christmas, because I don't think that we always had this culture of gift. 
we had this culture of giving gifts, but I think it was the understanding of, of what gifts are we giving, right? The iconic gift that we give, Hanukkah gelt, right? Chocolate coins. We play the dreidel game, right? Why would we play the dreidel game? It was so that, you know, when, 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 when other foreign powers would come in and see what we were doing, we'd play this dreidel game to deflect against the fact that we were practicing and worshiping as Jews in secret. So when people came in, instead of worshiping in secret, we would play this dreidel game to diffuse others around, oh, look, these Jews are playing silly little games, this, that, and the other, right? The whole gift-giving aspect, uh, I mean, honestly, I have no idea really where that comes from. I mean, it's certainly morphed in our consumerism of what we do today. I think it was in, in some way to, to rival, in some way, Christmas. Right. But right. instead of you guys getting one day of gifts, we get eight. Okay, so tell me what's about that with your kids. So what's it like as a Jewish dad, uh, let alone a rabbi, but as a Jewish dad, um, is there ever tension where your daughters are just like, they, they want or they have lots of questions about what's up with this dad and why do they get all these gifts on this day and can we get a tree and you say, at the end of the day they just have friends well many of them are Christians and, and they kind of want to be like Let, let's have the fun of, of Christmas and then do you have to be kind of the mean dad and the mean mom would be like that's not what we do we're Jews and we don't get the tree and we don't get the joy to the world that's not what we do and your kids are like what you know why do I think, I think it's, you know, what we do certainly as parents, my wife and I, we've always talked openly and honestly about what our holiday is about and why it's important for us as Jews to observe it, to respect it, to uh, honor it in some way, right? But my kids also live in a Christian country. I mean, you know, they see it. All their friends are of a different faith. They, they see the joy of what happens on December 25th. And, you know, they see that. And I think we try and empower our kids to understand, well, although Christians and Christianity may have this, remember, as Jews, we have a Hanukkah. You know, we light our menorah. You know, we light our inner light as well as our outer light. And, you know, and it's so interesting to see the interplay between our two holidays, right? As Christianity and Christmas, you guys put all of it on display publicly. As Jews, we put it on display publicly inside our home. Right, we're told to place our Hanukkah on our window, right? One, for us to understand and recognize as Jews, we are celebrating a holiday in amongst this home. And yet to the outside world, we are Jews and we are celebrating this holiday called Hanukkah, both inwardly and outwardly. Hanukkah has always been that, that, that the, 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 the seeming dichotomy between light and darkness. Right. The darkness being, you know, the overarching powers who told us we could not practice what we believe and we want the eradication of the Jewish faith and the light being uh, the power, the power of God, the power of individuality, the power of uh, community, the power of overcoming oppressive forces. Right. That 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 duality that exists amongst our faith. And there's a big similarity, I would say, right there. I mean, we're in Advent right now and it's all about being in the darkness. And then there's a light in the darkness that's coming and the light of the Messiah uh, that, that will be shining upon us. So, there, yeah, there, there, there's a definite similarity there. But the one thing I want to say that you talked about that how how we as Christians put the light on the outside and we just, just just project this whole Christmas thing out there. But come on, if we were in Israel right now, don't you think there'd be a huge production of menorah and this 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 celebration? It'd be the same thing, right? It, it, that it, you'd be seeing this outwardly celebration structures of, you know, and, and, and before we go to break here, because when we come back, we want to get more into these uh, uh, differences and misnomers. Uh, but 
what would Hanukkah, would Hanukkah look like what Christmas is like in America if we are in the Holy Land where you're in a predominantly Jewish culture? Well, I, I think depending on where you were within the within within Israel itself. I mean, look, if you were in Bethlehem uh, or you were in Nazareth or you were in Nablus yeah. or the West Bank or any other any other areas, um, uh, you know, you'd probably experience it. Uh, uh, um, certainly Hanukkah as a, as a state, uh, but you'd experience uh, Christmas. You know, living in Jerusalem when when I had the opportunity, the very fortunate opportunity to live in Jerusalem. I mean, it was it, Hanukkah was all in your face. I mean, it was there. I mean, you you you. It, it's like Shabbat in Israel. You can't avoid it. It's it's there. Whereas I think in America, you have to really search it out. Unless you're in big Jewish city centers, Chicago, L.A., New York, Miami, Boca, right? You have it there. Whereas, look, we're in a remote area here in Martin County, and. You know, it's it's it, it's tough. It's tough because it's all around, right. and we don't see as a minority. We don't see it. The state of Israel, I mean, it's there. I mean, you right. know, that we we like Hanukkah. We we celebrate Hanukkah. We dance in the streets. I mean, it's 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 all encompassing and all consuming. All right, so we're going to take a quick break to hear from the people who keep the lights on. If you ever want to help keep the lights on here, just please contact us at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. When we come back, Dan Tater is on the line. He is a fan of the show, uh, and he is a practicing uh, uh, Jewish gentleman who is married to a wonderful Ukrainian Christian. And he's going to talk about what is it like to have the, that both these two worlds were uh, describing in the same home, and how does he raise his child, or how have they raised their child in a uh, Jewish and Christian household. So don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back with Dan Tater, who is on the line, the fabulous actor in Los Angeles. You're listening to a priest and a rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and please leave a rating and a review, five-star rating and a positive review if you can. We certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there just like you can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU1450.com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. That's 772-220-WSTU. Hey, everyone. This is Father Christian here on uh, Priest and a Rabbi. So happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And and I want to uh, let you know that I have uh, started a 
uh, YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian, and you can check it out on YouTube. And uh, every Monday, I drop a new episode, and it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want um, in a man uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications so you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center. And so you can call if you're looking for a counselor, someone to be there for you during a challenging time, and you can call the church at 772-287-3244. We also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more of the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome back to the second half of A Priest and a Rabbi. This is Father Christian Anderson, and right next to me is the best darn good-looking rabbi in a lumberjack suit. It is Rabbi Matthew Durbin from Temple Bechayam. We're in our last throes of Hanukkah and um, just getting revved up for Christmas here. And uh, we are talking about uh, the the interplay of of Hanukkah and Christmas and the roots of it and the misnomers of it. But we have a caller on the line today who is going to give us a firsthand experience of what it's like to have Hanukkah and Christmas under his own roof because he himself fell in love. He is a, he is a, a Jewish man, a, a, a firm believer, and, and he, is, uh, he fell in love. Can you believe this? With a Gentile, he fell in love with a Ukrainian Christian woman, and uh, they have a child together. And he is going to talk to us. What, how have they balanced this uh, to really represent, and what has it been like for him uh, on that journey? So, uh, Dan Tater, calling all the way in from Chi Town. Uh, how are you, friend? Are you there? I am. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, we are well. Uh, just just a little um, understanding of who Dan Tater is, uh, Matthew Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Matthew. Dan Tater, uh, his dream, uh, once upon a time, was to be the first televangelist rabbi. Um, so he was going to be Joel Osteen that actually just accepted the Old Testament as the Bible, not any of this fantasy Joel, stuff. Joel Olstein is what I was going to be. Joel Olstein. He wanted to be the first Joel Olstein. That's very good. Yes. So, um, but he's now, can you tell us uh, a little bit what you do just to, because maybe the rabbi will understand your circle that you're in. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I did want to be the first Jewish televangelist until I realized that that wasn't really going to work with uh, how the faith is, is structured. But uh, when I was a kid, that's what I wanted. And, and, you know, sort of my life sort of convened that way. I was an actor in LA. So that's the, 
sort of the televangelist side of it, and now I work uh, within Jewish education, Israel education, uh, supporting educators in various uh, environments, uh, various denominations, from day schools to master's programs at George Washington University, summer camps, all over. So sort of have become a televangelist, a Jewish televangelist in a different way. If you have any time left, if you could please try to get Temple Beth Hayam as a client, because um, maybe you need to educate them on their wardrobe, because the rabbi is wearing pajamas. I um, mean, he is the head of the school, and it is really just way too casual Friday. So I'm, I'm sure you guys have a, a workshop or a seminar. You could come in and teach them how to properly dress for school. Um, uh, and, and St. Mary's will support that. And we'll fly you all. Right, the man, the man is recovering from COVID. You got to give him. You got to give him some space. <laughs> <laughs> it's Florida, man. It's the Wild West out here. So, um, okay. So here we go. Tell us, my friend. You got um, you tell your household. You are married to a Christian woman. Tell us how you all have. How do you guys balance this time? And is there any tension? Or do you feel any tension or any struggle of trying to really recognize uh, the, the beauty of your Judaism and what Hanukkah means crisscross with all of everything that your daughter experiences when she goes to school with Christianity and your wife? And how does that all work, man? Is, is it a beautiful blend or is there times when it's a really tough juggle? Right. Look, I mean, uh, I mean, one of the reasons that we actually dated my wife and I before we got married dated for so long was because of of the importance of religion to both of us. So it, this wasn't an easy decision. It wasn't a, oh, love conquers all, let's just do this. Um, you know, it was really something that we put a lot of thought and intention into. Um, certainly there are there are tensions at times um, in terms of, not necessarily like emotional tensions, but tensions in terms of the, you know, how, how, how things work together, not just logistically sometimes, but also just ideologically, theologically. Um, but, you know, at, at, the, at the base of it, you know, similar to how we structured our wedding and how we're raising our child, you know, you look at, look at Hanukkah and Christmas, right? I'm not at all comparing the two. Christmas is, uh, there's a really strong religious significance. Hanukkah is not even in the, in the Torah, but it's still a, an important story. But in terms of, the, of the, the feeling of it, right, the spirit of it, you're celebrating something, right? There are, I assume both of you have certain family traditions, family rituals that are connected to the celebration of, of these holidays. And so there's a lot of, a lot of looking at sort of the, the Venn diagram, where they overlap, and we're celebrating where they overlap, and also acknowledging and celebrating, um, you know, the, the individuality of it. But in the end, I mean, look, I know rabbis that are actually married to atheists. Um, which, which I think that would be an interesting conversation how that works. But um, yes, there are there are certainly differences, and um, you know I think it causes me to um, not just do something because that's what I was I grew up doing and was ingrained in me. I'm doing it because I I've, I'm I'm thinking about it as a thoughtful response to it. Why am I doing this? Um, and I think in turn. With, with our daughter, it's, you know, she's asking these questions, bigger questions, and making these decisions when, when she's older, what, what makes sense to her, you know? The, the, the whole idea of you believe in God is something that, you know, it's been around for a long time, right? And, and so what is God? What, is, what do you believe in? Right, but, 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 okay, let's be real. Who's winning? 
Yeah. Are you, is, is the Jew, Jewish side or the Christian side winning? Well, what do you think? Where, you know, what do you think? I am so glad going? you said that. I'm so glad you said that because when, when we first talked about this this morning, I was thinking the first thing that came to mind, the truth, is, is the idea of the other, right? Like the like nations that are created, um, you know, uh, religions, cults, I'm not at all comparing them. I'm just identifying them in a list. They're always, there's always the other, right? It's something that separates us, makes us different. And in turn, it binds us together, right? All the Jews have the other. The Christians have the other uh, different tribes, really. It's tribalism. Tribes have the other, the enemy, let's say. Um, and so it brings us together. So I think focusing on sort of what makes us, you know, what, what's going on with the other isn't necessarily the most productive, right? It isn't, it isn't really, I mean, you talk about the spirit of Christmas, and I I'm, I'm, could totally be wrong here, but it's about, you know, loving each other and celebrating but already identifying, oh, they're different, they're the other, it's okay to acknowledge it, but I feel like that tribalism isn't, it's sort of um, counterproductive. Is there ever times where you're just like, man, I hope I'm getting across to Olivia and she chooses Judaism? I, what I think is, I hope I'm getting, a, I'm, I'm, I'm conveying the right messages to her, that I'm not <laughs> confusing her more, but I'll tell you, it goes well beyond religion. It just, Am I doing the right thing as a parent? Um, well, you're, no, you're I, my friend first, so just tell, you know, I, my vote is for Olivia to become Jewish, and t- tell your wife I'm sorry, just because I have to go with Camp, Camp, Camp Daniel first. I'm well, kidding, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I know you guys are, you are guys who are empowering her, and, but were there times, though, like, where, you know, Olivia goes to school, and, and, and I know that you guys lived in L.A. at one point, and I don't know if there was a heavily Jewish influence there, but was she, I'm sure she was around a ton of Christian culture, uh, was she ever like, man, this is awesome, I like this, and were you ever, as a dad, being like, ah, I, I feel like I'm losing a little bit of this grip to really expose her and let her know of this uh, this incredible part of her roots and who she is um, as, a, as a Jewish girl? Right. I, I'd say that our celebration or our um, observance of, of each of our religions is much more, has always been much more cultural, uh, for, even from, from growing up. So there's also a lot of, because of that Ukrainian background and my family coming from Eastern Europe and, and the traditions within uh, Judaism, there's a lot of overlap um, in that. And, I, and so uh, in celebrating more of the cultural aspect, and that, again, was just, even if I married somebody Jewish, that would have been sort of the response. My connection to my own religion is really more, more cultural. Um, it, it's interesting because we actually are, find ourselves more involved. Um, Olivia's more involved. She goes to Jewish overnight camp during the summer. She goes to uh, this Ukrainian, it's much more of like a culture, like a scout kind of camp, I guess is the best way to, the, to describe it. And they're speaking Ukrainian there. Um, you know, she's involved in different activities outside of that as well. Because the other thing is, like, religion is important, but it's an aspect of who, we, who I am, of who Olivia is, of, of who... Uh, uh, my wife is. So I think you guys have a Christmas um, tree up in your place. You know, we do. We do. And that, and that was a, that was one of those things that was a real tension for me initially. And then, you know, again, because I also grew up with certain things that were comfortable and and things that were foreign. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that it's easy all the time. But, you know, I again, in, in just kind of trying to get past certain it probably is a little bit of compartmentalizing, to be honest. Rabbi, if you were going to pastor to Dan right now about how to process 
if, uh, uh, of the, the, the tension. What would you say, Rabbi? I mean, look, I, I, the overarching, you know, question that always pervades around this season is the December dilemma. What do we do? You know, we recognize, look, we're not orthodox. We're not insular in some way. I mean, even look at you look at the majority of progressive and again, pro progressive, I mean, reform uh, Jewish communities. 40 percent of our communities are interfaith marriages and, 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 and mixed mixed faith families. Right? We're not negating any other faith tradition. You know, what we're, what we're really saying is, look, from a Jewish perspective, what are we doing? If you're celebrating, and I, and I teach this with, with conversion students as well, what do we do with the December dilemma? Your family celebrates Christmas. You're entering into a new faith like Judaism that, that celebrates Hanukkah. They usually coincide around the same time. What do we do? Is it a confusing message? Is it something that we do together? Right. And what I tend to teach a lot of our students is remember about what what the message of the holiday is. If you remove from a Christian perspective. The, the you know, the rights, the practices, the customs, the tradition behind it and use it not in a religious context, but more in a familial context. One that says, what is Christmas really about? It's about friends and family and community coming together to share a meal, to be together right, to enjoy each other's company, that's the essence of the holiday. You know, what we say as Jews is there's no, there's no contention there because that's ultimately what we do as Jews too, right? We sit around the table, we eat, we converse, and we enjoy each other's company. But is there a sacrifice there for everyone and, and uh, that, that you begin to lose the spiritual aspect of it where as Jews and as Christians, so if we're just going to be focusing on the meal and the food and this and the that and the gifts, right, we're all together, yay. But, but, but at the end of the day, though, there's, 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 there is a dedication to God and a commitment to God. And for, 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 for Christians, there's this birth of the Messiah. But I think that's just it. I think, I think, I think look, I, I think as parents, um, and I say this with, with, with my kids, right? I don't want my kids understanding the, the, the biggest challenge my wife and I face are, are, are threefold given the holiday. One, I do not want my kids feel to have this sense of entitlement. Where's my gifts? No way. No way. This is not about the gifts. Two, I want my kids to know beyond the level of the surface, oh, okay, we celebrate this Hanukkah, we celebrate the lights, we celebrate this and the other. Well, why? Why? And, you know, we'll, we'll sit there and we'll talk to our kids, at least my nine-and-a-half-year-old and even my seven-and-a-half-year-old, We'll talk about, well, you know, what does it mean? Do you, are you guys familiar with, you know, the Syrian Greeks who came in? And, you know, we tell the story. We read the story of the Maccabees. We read it for them. But then it's, it, it, it's, 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 more, it's more cerebral, if that makes sense. I want my kids to know the real message behind Hanukkah. Well, let me just Doesn't jump in right there. So, so, Dan, are you still there? Of course I am. Okay, question for you. So do you get to have that time with Olivia uh, and, and explain or, or how does that work? Because there's like two stories that she's learning. Do you guys do this understanding? If you guys go to a church during this time and or do you have spent time at home, light a menorah candle and talk about everything the rabbi was just talking about? How does that work? How do you do the juggle? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what I was saying that, you know, I, I think most families and I am speaking more to the community that the rabbi was talking about, the reform community, you know, they sort of they go through Hebrew school up through bar mitzvah age and then they're done and they do it because that's what you have to do. Right. And so sort of going through the motions, not everybody, but going through the motions 
and really not you're just kind of doing it because that's what's in, you know prescribed and inscribed and um, and I think that this opportunity really makes I, I can't I, I don't just do something because that's that's what I do right I, it, it's it's needing to understand the why um, for myself right and especially like when when you know my wife and I were dating initially like the questions like what why do we do this and I would say that you know a lot of people may not know why we do certain traditions so it really allowed me to investigate. Why? I mean, I'm, I wrote my own Passover Seder because I, I wanted to really understand why we do each piece. So I would say yes, like telling the story, whether it's Passover Seder or the Hanukkah story, you know, every night we, we gather, we lit the candles, we have a huge sing-along, uh, you know, uh, Hanukkah medley that we, that we do. That's what I did growing up. That's what we do here. So there is a celebration, a real celebration. Um, and, and I agree with, with the rabbi. The, the, the focus isn't the gifts. I mean, I think that's a lot more of a, just kind of a societal thing, the introduction of that. Um, we do offer, you know, we have little things. Like one of the things this year was here's $20, and you have to decide where you're going to donate it to, right? And so there are things like that that have more uh, meaning to it. I don't know how much a preteen really enjoys getting money and told that they can't spend it on themselves, but... Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, the story, um, you know, the why, the meaning behind it is expressed um, to understand. Otherwise, you're just doing all these things and it doesn't, there's no meaning to it, right? I'm just going through the motions. Sure. Um, you know, and if it's going to have a lasting impact, I need to understand why. I feel like in, in an interfaith family, with a Jewish and Christian family, that it's easier for the Christian because... Uh, the, the celebration of Judaism, I mean, that, that those are our roots, right? We worship a Jewish guy, uh, Jesus. So it, it all makes sense for the Jewish half of the marriage would be more of a challenge because now you're leaning into uh, the, 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 the Messiah and, and, and still waiting. So it's like, now this is weird. For the Jewish person, it's like, okay, now we're getting to someplace weird and almost blasphemous for me. We're for Christians. Nothing that you do as a Jew is going to be blasphemous, right, for, for us because that, 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 is, that is our bedrock. And that those are the... But why is it that you, as as Christians, don't celebrate Hanukkah? Right, because well, because there's, there's the whole that? the whole because it's the, the the Christian story is the part when the Gentiles came in, then it became more about just focusing on the law of Jesus, and well, that's another podcast altogether. But there was a definite break or or or. or change in the direction of how Christianity was formed or really, really became all about Jesus and the law that he fulfills from Hebrew scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are Jews for Jesus. Rabbi's favorite group. He loves Jews for Jesus. That's who Rabbi would want to come back a second life as. But uh, what were you about to say, Dan? No, I want to, on this, po- on this podcast right now, this show, are you willing to accept the miracle, to celebrate the miracle of Hanukkah going forward? Announce it. Uh, Announce it. Proclaim it. No, because Rabbi told me it never ever actually happened. He said that it was just a tradition that rabbis came up with, that the oil thing never really happened. It wasn't really a miracle. It was a way to deflect from the violence um, of, of the war time that happened with the Maccabees. And so, therefore, I, if I wanted to proclaim it, I would want to proclaim the courage and the fight and the grit of the Jews who stood up against the uh, Syro-Greeks but and I think, I think in them. some way, in some way that even though the story itself of that miracle, look, negating it. I'm not, I'm, I, you know, there's no way I'm telling my nine-year-old that that story never happened. However, I do tell my kids, remember, it's about a military victory. We overcame oppressive forces. Now, if that's the case, how do we celebrate, right? 
the miracle itself, it, 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 it's almost in some way like the, the, the contention of the Bible. Did God create the world in six days and rest on the seventh? I believe it. I want to believe. Did Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, did they exist? I want to believe. As a rational person, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. And if they didn't exist, why are they there? Well, I think as a Reformed Jew and as a rabbi, I look towards our sages, I look towards our matriarchs and our patriarchs as a moral lesson or something for me to learn from as I gain in knowledge and experience and this, that, and the other throughout my faith. With Hanukkah, I think there always is that contention is, are we really promoting a military victory? Which we know how, I mean, I grew up in a country, we call it broken telephone. I think you guys in America call it telephone. Um, right? How words and how, how how our narratives can get misconstrued. And that's not the message that we want. The message we want is, look, God is with us. We are here. We overcame a very challenging and distressing time, where as Jews, we were literally told, you cannot practice, and we don't want you to practice anymore. But you but you were victorious, and isn't that a perfect thing for both Jew, for Jews and Christians right now, to be looking at the consumerism and all everything else that comes with Christmas and say, no, push back on this cultural assimilation or appropriation of these holidays. Get it back to what it is about this belief and faith in God and the courage to stand up against, especially in a post-religious country that we're in right now, right? Or the rise of atheism and the loss of, of really obeying uh, our Lord and being the sovereign God that the God is not right now that the self is worshiped more than God, probably that Hanukkah has the spirit of say, do not fall to the forces. The miracle but I of God. Think, I think, I think part of it too is also the obligation and the responsibility, even if I put it on parents is to look, to talk about that with our kids or our communities or our people. Yeah. Right? What is the message? We overcame this challenge that happened from a foreign power. And I think you said it very succinctly and very, uh, uh, very impactfully. It's courage. It's due to Maccabee and the Maccabees didn't have the courage and the fortitude to go in. Would Judaism survive today? I don't even know if we'd be around if we See? didn't take the courage and the selfless act to be able to say, I'm going to fight for not just my generation. I'm going to fight for those generations that are not yet born who will be able to celebrate in their own land, in their own time, the beauty of our tradition. Dad, I'm just wondering so, if hearing that speech from the rabbi, if you would be able to sing for us, do you hear the people sing from Les Mis? I think it's just be so appropriate right now. And then we, we just can, wave we can sell it. We can sell it on your website afterwards. You know, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, Dan, we're near the, the end of the is, show, but what 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 is a way that you you could take all this mishigas that we just created and and create something beautiful? Create something beautiful from it. I think I think even the honestly the discussion that that you're having like is important, right? There's a dialogue that's happening with the other, right? And I think that just sort of understanding the again, what are the unique differences and celebrate those those differences. Don't homogenize it or you know assimilate it, but also. Um, you know, celebrate where, where we actually have shared values, right? We, like the values of, of, of courage, the values of, of freedom, the values of, of tradition, all of these are things that we share. And I think, um, you know, we, we can teach each other the differences and celebrate where we actually, uh, you know, what we have in, in common. Yes. It may be it, it sounds is... a little bit too altruistic, but... Yeah, and, and in the midst of that, my, my thought would be and not lose who, who you are. 
right? Because I would never, you of know, for, 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 for rabbi, I wouldn't want rabbi to lose his grit as a, as, as his Jew because of living in a Christian society and say he had to sacrifice some of those thoughts and beliefs just to fit in more uh, with all of us. I love how rabbi is just like pushes back hard and sticks to it. Um, and that's awesome because that's like those are, those are his beliefs. That is that is his background. But but I think also also it's important to recognize that, that those beliefs happen over time, right? Mm-hmm. Those beliefs are something that have been curtailed over years and years and years of understanding and trying to get it right. I might not always get it right. I might not always do things in the in the greatest way, but I think that. You know, it, 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 it's it's the behind it. Yes. All right. So, Dan Tater, thank you, man. So, coming. this is like, I think, the third time you've called into the show. You're one of our favorite guests. We're going to have you at the holiday ball that we're having on Zoom. Um, the matzo at some ball. Point. Yeah, the matzo ball that will be coming up. God bless you, brother. Please give our love to the family and to your awesome celebration of this of our mutual Judeo-Christian roots. And uh, give our love to your daughter and uh, tell your wife I said hello in Ukrainian. I will, and best to all of you guys. And refuah shleimah to the to the rabbi. Thank you. All right, brother. God bless you, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks. All right. So this is another episode of your of uh, not your favorite Christian of uh, a priest and a rabbi. You can always catch us on the podcast. So if you miss the show and you want to hear other shows that we do, we get into political stuff, we get into economic stuff, we can always have a, a, a usually a really good guest on here um, and uh, to make us look better. Please Google a priest and a rabbi podcast, subscribe, leave a comment, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know about other topics you want us to take on the show. It is great being here. Rabbi, I wish you a very blessed final day of Hanukkah. Uh, and um, you got a Christmas tree up? God bless you. That's what I wanted to hear. All right. So for everyone else out there, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. If you're atheist, we receive you with open arms. Um, We're all here for you as well. We will see you next time here on WSTU 1450, a priest and a rabbi. Go love on someone.